Welcome to Specs Speak Science, the scientific podcast hosted by a rotating cast of chemists and industry experts. From highlighting the hidden chemistry in our everyday lives to discussing relevant industry topics, Specs Speak Science looks to deliver informative content to the scientific community. With that, please enjoy this installment of Specs Speak Science. Hi, and welcome to SpecSpeak Science. Today, we're going to talk about mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are very important in agricultural products, and we're gonna be learning a little bit more about how uh, they interact with the agricultural products and why they're important to study in the laboratory. Now, foodborne Ill illness is a problem around the world, but in the US, about 48 million people a year become sick with foodborne illnesses. And in the US, 3,000 people a year die from foodborne illnesses. And this can come from more than 200 different, 250 different sources, whether it be contamination or improper handling practices or sanitation. And these can include agents like chemical agents, uh, physical agents or biological agents. So if you're looking at chemical agents, we're talking mostly about adulterants, contaminants, things like pesticides, heavy metals, and things like that. For physical agents, we're talking about additives, adulterants, and dirt and debris. Biological agents, where it can be insects, bacteria, viruses, and what we're gonna be talking today is mold or fungi. Now, if you went back to the ancient Greek and Roman texts, life was defined in two groups, plants and animals. And over the centuries, we have tried to reclassify life in many, many different ways. One of the primary ways that we started was, like we said, the kingdom of plants and the kingdom of animals. And then we started to realize with uh, the advent of microscopic analysis and Leeuwenhoek and his, his looking under a microscope, we started to realize there were more things than just plants and animals. So we introduced the kingdom protista. So it became plants, animals, and protists. If you flash forward into the 19th and 20th centuries, that's when it gets really crazy because it seems that it constantly changes with the number of kingdoms that we have under this umbrella we call life. When I was in school, there were, um, I think there were six kingdoms and, and now there's possibly seven kingdoms. So it changes quite a bit. And every time that we think we have it nailed down where the kingdoms of life are defined, then things get reshuffled a bit. But right now we'll be talking about the uh, general setup of plants, fungus, animals, protists, bacteria, and chromistas. So for our discussion today, we are going to go and talk mostly about the fungus or the fungi. Fungi were first classified with plants. So for the longest time, they were under the heading of plants, but they were really a blend between plants and animal characteristics. They had chitin in the cell walls like plants, but they were heterotrophs, meaning they absorbed their nutrients from other organisms, other molecules, and they would have digestive enzymes. So they were in that respect, sort of like animals. They didn't have any photosynthesis, so they were not like plants, they were more like animals. 
but they really had no mobility except for by uh, growth or by their spores. And some of their spores sort of looked animal-like. So there was this kind of balance. Well, where does it belong? Is it a plant or is it an animal? Well, fungi are decomposers and the uh, fungi kingdom has nine phylum or subclasses uh, underneath it. We are only going to be talking about, about a small group of them. But the, the ones that we think of the most when we talk about fungi are our mushrooms, our macro fungi, and those are um, mostly in the, the two phylums, the Basiomycota and the Garomycotes, excuse me. Then we have the yeast. Again, we have some overlap, the Basiomycota and the Ascomycota. Those are your yeasts. And then you have your moles, the zygomycota and the ascomycota. So those are more of your microfungi on the, on the smaller side. And the mushrooms, what we think of traditional mushrooms with the cap and the stem, those tend to be macrofungi. The ones we are concerned with today are the ones that produce mycotoxin. And, and those are mostly what we consider to be the molds. Common mycotoxins derive primarily from four species groupings. The Aspergillus species, that's when you hear that somebody has a, a black mold infestation in their home or in a business. You say, oh, they, got, got, they have black mold, they have black mold. Those are usually Aspergillus species. Then you also have the Aspergillus species being responsible for some of the aflatoxins, the ochratoxins, and quite a few other uh, diseases throughout history. Now, penicillin also is a source of an antibiotic. So we use penicillin as an antibiotic, but it can also, some species can be a source for aflatoxins, ochratoxins, and a various other medical conditions. The fusarium is the fum fumonosins, and these can also be um, responsible for some other airborne diseases. And then I put in the clavicepsis. This is what we term uh, ergot poisoning or alkaloid poisoning. And we'll talk about some famous cases of alkaloid poisoning in history. As I said, the mycotoxins are mostly one of these uh, groups. And you can see a chart that has different types of health effects and different sources. And we have uh, sources like cereals and oats and vegetables and grains. So anything that grows has to, to dry out or dehydrate, anything that has to be dried, anything that can be uh, allowed to ferment, these are all possible targets for these mycotoxins. So wherever there is some moisture and the um, different molds can grow, there is a potential for mycotoxin poisoning. And as far as the toxins go, mycotoxins have very high toxicity. So ochratoxin A, the World Health Organization has a tolerable daily intake level of five milligrams per kilogram of body weight a day. And the World Health Organization says aflatoxins greater than one milligram per kilogram is considered to be life-threatening. So these are a very small amounts that can make human beings and animals incredibly sick. The FDA has a limit of 20 micrograms per kilogram. That's about 20 ppb. Uh, and each state, if you go through the different state regulations, especially when it comes to cannabis, has different regulations on how that 20 ppb can be measured. In Maryland and Illinois, each mycotoxin has to be less than 20 ppb. 
in New Mexico, all of the mycotoxins that are, are stated have to be less than 20 ppb. In Colorado, you have to have aflatoxins that are less than 20 ppb, and ochratoxin itself has to be less than 20 ppb. So there is some kind of mix and match legislation going on across the United States when it comes to mycotoxins and health. And there are a lot of foods known for high mycotoxins, grains and grain products. That means your grains, your oatmeals, your rye, your barley, all of the products that are made out of that. So whether it be your cereals or your breads or things like that, think about other grain products like your alcohols, your fermented beverages. So those, in some cases, the manufacturers who make uh, bread and stuff can't use certain grains because of, of, of fungal contamination, but then it gets passed off to the alcohol community to be made into grain beverages and fermented beverages because that's applicable for there where it's not applicable for a cereal product maybe. Then you have your uh, nuts, your dried fruit, your coffee, your chocolate. If you think about it, they're all kind of the same. They're all dried nuts and seeds and things like that. So that's also high, known for high mycotoxins. Uh, hard cheeses and fermented hard cheeses, things that uh, where they encourage different molds to grow. Well, you can't always control which molds will infest a particular cheese. So there is the possibility for some toxic molds to, to grow in the cheese. Uh, sugar and, and sugar cane and sugar beets. This is high sugar. That's the food source for a lot of these uh, these fungi. So you, they, you've given them the perfect food source and they, and they grow quite rapidly. And corn. So corn and maize and corn products like corn flour and things like that are also susceptible to high mycotoxins. There are some famous cases of mycotoxin poisoning. We have, you've heard of the curse of the pharaohs. They opened up the tombs of the pharaohs in Egypt and people suddenly died. And they, there was some thought that the mold in the tombs, the black mold, was responsible for the deaths and the illnesses. And they called it the curse of the pharaohs. There's also been some research to say that the Salem witch trials, where they saw uh, flying witches, was a result of ergot poisoning. So they were poisoned with that, with that particular fungi in the maize and in the grain and, and the corn. And that was responsible, uh, some say, for the Salem witch trials, why the, the people were seeing flying witches. More recently, in 2004, in Kenya, 125 people died and over 200 people were sickened from maize that they had found was infected with an aflatoxin. We uh, have the reports of dog food poisoning from the aflatoxin, the ochratoxins. In 2005, there was a big recall. 2006, there was another recall. And then uh, in 2011, there was a third recall. And then just last year, there was a smaller recall because of mold and aflatoxins and ochratoxins in pet food as well. And then we've all heard of black mold poisoning or where an office had mold growing and they had to do mold remediation. So these are all cases of mycotoxin poisoning that we all are familiar with or we have heard about. Specs produces a mycotoxin standard with the most common aflatoxins and the ochratoxins. These are at 10 micrograms per mil each. So it kind of fits really well with the different legislation and the, and the different reporting limits. So this is a, a very good product to be used when doing mycotoxin analysis by LCMS on things like your cannabis or on your agricultural products. So Specs is very proud of its uh, mycotoxin standards, which will be premiered soon.
Then we have a lot of resources on our website for your use. We have, of course, our flyers for mycotoxin standards. We have white papers and infographics. We also have, again, our webinars, our trainings, our, and our posters. So we always ask that you come back and see what's new with us, and maybe we'll have another fun topic for us to discuss in the future with you. So hopefully uh, this has been interesting for you, and you'll join us for another Spec Speak Science presentation in the future. Spex Speak Science is presented by Spex Companies. Spex CertiPrep and Spex Sample Prep provide scientists with certified reference materials and sample preparation equipment for a diverse range of analytical techniques. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating the podcast and subscribing for future installments. Similar content, such as application notes, research studies, webinars, and more, can be found at both specsertiprep.com and specsampleprep.com. Thank you for listening to Specs Speaks Science, and we look forward to bringing you future episodes.